right. We are now on to card number 11 or 8, depending on the way you look at it, whether you are accept the Golden Dawn's adjustment or not. Uh, and that is the Justice or Adjustment card, otherwise known as the uh, Daughter of the Lords of Truth, the Holder of the Balances. Is that what you have? Sort of. I have Daughter of the Lords of Truth and Ruler of the Balance. Ruler of the Balances. And I think the word ruler is kind mm -hmm. of cool just in this context because uh, one of the meanings for ma'a is that which is straight. <laughs> right. Right. And just the uh, idea of measurement. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I'd like to talk about even before we go into the esoterics very much is that difference between the titles justice in the Wade Smith card and adjustment in the Thoth card, because they really reflect different worldviews, I think. Don't you? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, justice, you know, there's something very static about justice. The idea that you submit something to justice and then justice comes up with an answer. It's like, I think of those like, uh, the the first computers, <laughs> you know, you feed something in and then you get something eventually. <laughs> right. And Where, she's seated mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. in, in the Waite Smith card, she's seated, whereas she's poised and standing and balanced in front of the throne rather than seated on the throne in mm -hmm. the um, mm -hmm. Curly Harris card. Yeah. Yeah. There's adjustment and she's like on her tiptoes and she's literally just able to sway with the, the slightest motion. And, I've really come to like that idea of adjustment in this card right. because although justice action and reaction right, constantly right. flowing. I mean, justice itself is also includes adjustment. The idea that when there is a wrong, it is righted eventually that there's an equilibrium. Eventually the, the arc of history tends towards justice, but, but, I love this idea in the adjustment card that you're constantly equilibrating, you're constantly making changes, you're constantly tweaking right. um, to achieve balance. And Crowley refers to it as the dance of adjustment. Mm -hmm. And there's a letter um, that corresponding with Harris about the card where he, I think he's looking at one of her first drafts of the card and he he kind of criticize he's criticizing it and telling her to do it over basically because it didn't convey that motion it was mm -hmm. too static um and i never used to um really understand the crowley card until noticing that that concept of you know being so finely balanced on a point was part of it cuz you can't really it doesn't express motion until you realize that in your card, you have got the idea of balance static, whereas it ought to be dynamic. Nature is not the grocer weighing out a pound of sugar. It is the compensation <laughs> of complicated rhythms. I should like you to feel that every adjustment was a grand passion. Compensation should be a festival, not a clerk smugly pleased that, that his accounts are correct. It seems to me that this doctrine is very important as a commentary on the text, Existence is Pure Joy, and I feel sure that the connection of Venus and Saturn with the sign is significant in this respect. The compensation is surely the awakening of the Eld of the Allfather, the constant reproduction of the original purity from the last stage of illusion. Oh, wow. There's so much to unpack in there. And yeah. we will do that in this episode. Oh, it's so And then big. he says a few more things, but then mm -hmm. it says that the, his last, you know, sentence of the letter says, I feel sure that when you get the Venus and Saturn dancing motive 
firmly in your mind, you will produce a lady whom you will like better. <laughs> Patronizing, <laughs> yet brilliant. <laughs> well, I think she was asking for advice on the card, and mm. he, he was giving his opinion. Okay, so um, perhaps go right on in and start talking about Libra then. The um, as, as you may recall, and we have the diagram on the website, the cards were the strength and justice cards or the lust and adjustment cards were switched in sequence by the golden dawn in order to make sure that uh leo preceded libra in the sequence so we are now arrived at libra and we see libra everywhere uh that we see the scales the balances everywhere in both cards i guess with the wade smith it's it's literally right there in in justice's left hand mm-hmm. um uh, holding the scales, holding the scales, right, and then in, <laughs> and then this we see this a lot in in Crowley actually, where where you see a representation of something in the Wait Smith card, the figure is the something in mm. the Crowley card. Like we saw the 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 Magus was the wand of Mercury, right, and right. here we have uh, right. You she know, is the scales the of justice. <laughs> She's the the fulcrum of the uh, right of the scales, right, and. You know, that's, that's, I think, in some ways, a key to reading Thoth versus, versus Wade Smith. In Wade Smith, you have a human figure who sort of wields the symbols, but you know, with, with the Thoth, you go right in there and you are the symbol. You become the symbol. You embody the energy. And that's a fundamental difference between the two. And one reason why people gravitate towards one or the other, perhaps. So, uh, Libra. We should talk immediately about what uh, Crowley was saying because uh, Venus, of course, is the ruler of Libra. Yes, and which means that Mars is in detriment in Libra, but Saturn is exalted in Libra, and uh, the Sun is in fall. In right, Libra. and if you if you're not familiar with the terms exalted and rulership and all of those, the, there is a, a informational page. On our Patreon page for um, www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. So the minors associated with Libra are the two, three, and four of swords. And uh, here we have um, these ideas of order and justice and adjustment sort of playing through in different ways. And the first one is the moon in Libra or the Lord of Peace restored or the Lord of Peace whichever you like, which is interesting because we're going to also be talking about the Lord of Truce or the Lord of Rest from Strife. So, mm. you know, t- we have to compare and contrast Well, I mean, two. Crowley says of that title, Lord of Peace Restored, as being kind of a uh, mistake because he because being a two, it's it's issued from the ace, so there's no mm-hmm. there there has been no previous um unless you're going from strife, you know, there there ten to one. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, but then you'd come to the yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah he says that peace restored is actually improper, and it mm-hmm. should just be peace because there's been yeah. nothing to restore from before. Yeah. You know, I there's like been the, no it makes a problem lot more sense before. as peace anyway. And, yeah, you know, and and I think the card expresses is that i mean though i can see why the golden dawn might have called it peace restored just not because there was something happening beforehand but because it's you know the deacon that's ruled by the moon which mm-hmm. has that perpetual you know cycle of 
change associated with it. I was thinking about that, and I was thinking that, you know, the kind of equilibrium that you get in this card is an equilibrium, the adjustment or Libra flavor of equilibrium, which depends on flexibility, on waxing and waning like the moon, right? Yes. So there's this card feels to me like uh, such a card of flux, you know, and of adaptability. Um, it, it reminds me, of course, of the High Priestess because it's associated with the moon. And it looks a bit, you know, in the Rider Waite version, it has a little bit of that symmetry and color of the High mm. Priestess. I always feel like there is a bit of an ego surrender in this card, you know, it's like, right, you let go of your idea mm. of whatever it was. And, you know, and I think in the third card, you have that. Lotus. You see the duality. You see mm-hmm. that every idea has its balance and its opposite, and, it's opposite yeah. and that they're both valid. Yeah. 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 And that having that perspective allows you to balance mm. and leads to peace. Yeah. Um, unlike the Lord of Sorrow, <laughs> Saturn and Libra, and here again is one of those mm. exaltation degrees. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, this I've never thought this card is as bad as it's not. It's made out to be. It's actually yeah. quite yeah. a positive symbol in many ways. It's a fascinating card. I mean, you know, because Saturn brings us as the ruler of this face brings the 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 contractual side of Libra, the sort of like the commitment to justice, the commitment to equality and fairness. And, you know, Saturn may be many things, but one of them is a boundary setter and a a keeper of ultimate justice. Right. And when I see this card too, I think Saturn, you know, the the trance of sorrow that led to the Buddha's enlightenment, mm-hmm. you know, seeing that all things are unsatisfactory, if yeah. you will, is yeah. not very pleasant. And yet it's necessary for the process of enlightenment, you know. Right. It requires an adjust, a mental adjustment, you right. know. It is a mental adjustment. And, you know, and there are there are chains and bindings in this card. You know, it's a card of being tied to things. And mm. that's can be a good thing or a bad thing. And I think that that like when you see people, the the heartbreak side of it is that sometimes those chains don't work or like, or it leads to a confinement in prison. Or just that seeing the truth is painful, no matter how necessary. Yeah. So when we see the three of swords as like a breakup card, it's because you've realized the thing you can't unrealize, but it can also be a card of commitment and saying, this is the thing I know that I can't unknow and I'm going to cleave to it. Yeah. You know, so it was historically actually a card of marriage for that reason, mm. which is you would never think. Right, the right, Wade Smith, right, right. Yeah. Exactly. But again, Libra's well, unless you were really pessimist about the the, <laughs> the old ball and the, chain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But we didn't talk about the. Uh, the four yet? No, we haven't talked about the four. The Jupiter in Libra. So the truce or the rest from strife, that's so fascinating. The idea that there's this moment where in the eye of the storm where you everything crazy is going on outside of you. And, you know, and you maintain your Libra balance by being in the center of it. You know, right. the heart of everything, right? I always point out to people who 
who don't know about it, the, uh, the packs in the Four of Swords, which is above mm. in the Rider Waite Four of Swords, above the head of the angel, there's a PAX. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah so, I see that. Yeah. So again, there's that connection with peace, even though we call it the temporary peace. It's the truce or the rest from strife. But I think it's one of the nicer sword cards, right? Mm. And that may be the Jupiter effect. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The Jupiter effect. Yeah. <laughs> the greater benefic. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you think of what the word truce even means, you know, it's it's a it's an agreement and it's usually temporary, you know, like let's pause mm-hmm. yeah. and see um let's agree to pause and take stock of what we have here. Yeah. You know, like all the fours are kind yeah. of that have yeah, that flavor. Yeah, there's a moment of stasis, but it's only a moment. Yep. Oh, and you know one other thing that I learned from 36 faces Austin Coppock's book is um, the goddess Nemesis was associated with this. Oh, you know, interesting. Who is, uh, you know, the who meets out justice in Greek mythology. She's a, a writer of wrongs that you pray to when you want revenge. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So, so there's this idea that within, within Libra's justice, you know, you have to have this resting warrior, <laughs> right? You know, to achieve that. Okay, and um, I, I think there's a couple of things that uh, are worth pointing out. Well, first of all, the a couple hundred things. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, there's so much. There's here. a lot I'm in like, this card. I'm having so much trouble knowing where to start here because there's so much. Um, yeah, why don't we start with looking for, you know, references in either card and kind of just let it evolve from there somehow okay. because there's so much here. I don't know where to begin either. Yeah. Um, one of the things in the in the Thoth card, the the Venus Saturn relationship is said to um kind of personify the phrase love is the law love under will mm-hmm. so where mm-hmm. every um action or every energy must be directed with integrity mhm and that of course is the central tenet of thelema the belief system that was originated by crowley he says of this card nature is not just but nature is exact and he means that mm-hmm. it's not a moral or ethical you know like in the mm-hmm. wait smith card it's it's more of like a mm-hmm. justice as a judicial figure judging and it's this is more of the the laws of nature kind of thing yeah as we find nature adjusting herself when we do anything outside you know or in the case of you know climate change or whatever it is that 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 happens there's a there's an equilibrium that nature seeks and then the saturn influence where saturn is the exaltation of libra you know, Saturn is karma. Well, you could imply a, a moralistic reading of the word karma. It really isn't exactly that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's more of a cause and effect that's beyond judgment. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to think of Saturn and Libra in terms of the three of swords, because yes. it's a card I've really evolved with over over time. Um, and I think, it, you know, although many people see it as a card of heartbreak, or just because of the Rider Wade Smith image, and well, the Thoth image as well, you know, but there there is a severity about it. But there's also like a I think of it as the realization you can't unrealize, the commitment you cannot undo. That's that Saturnine uh, longevity that goes with it and applied to Libra. Right. The long view. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of 
sorrow involved with the loss of attachment. That's true. And that's why, you know, we have the sword of justice. The sword of justice both allows you to perceive and cuts away the, that which is no longer useful in a way that can be painful. Yeah, and the sword is present in both of these cards. So that's maybe right. that's a really we interesting talk about symbol we can yeah. we can talk about. So yeah. let's do that. So you want to start or I want me to start? <laughs> well, I mean there's, there's a lot to say. There's not too much to say about the the one in the Wade Smith card. It's a sword, right? Although one Well, it, it's pointing to the path. It's so, pointing you know, to the path. That's yeah. that's oh gosh. So um so in the Wade Smith card, I guess we'll we'll jump right in with the Kabbalah here. Because the Waitsmith card, you can see in the gesture of, of, of the sitting justice figure that the sword reaches up and to the left and the scales uh, dangle down and to the right. And if you look on the tree of life, which you can do on our, on our uh, website where we have the diagram up, you can see that the path of justice or adjustment runs between Givora and Tiferet, which means that it runs from that upper left to lower right um, direction. And you can, if you place the card on there, you can actually see that uh, very clearly um, as if, sh- as if justice is gesturing up with the sword to Givora, which the is sword of severity, the sword of severity, <laughs> the Sephira of Mars, the, uh, you know, the, the, the God of the sword. Um, and then the balances dangle down towards Tiferet, the Sephira of the sun of harmony of balance. Mm-hmm. So there's a real, uh, there's a, there, there's a real exact kind of, visual illusion to both of them in the card. So what do you think about the one foot peeking out? (laughs) Um, I was thinking about it just because why one foot? Why Why do they just show one? And I was thinking maybe that foot is pointing to Hode. I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I can can see that. You know, and and it's such a... um, And the Justice card is, in Wade Smith particularly, is such a card of the mind. Right. You know, it's so... Card of clarity, you know, the the, the sword is actually Mm -hmm. the weapon of discernment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's Mm -hmm. a lot about reason. It's the weapon of reason and the mind and discrimination and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can... That facility of of deciding... Mm -hmm. The, uh, The power of the intellect. To right. solve the problem. And also we have, uh, that's a, that's a white foot. <laughs> white in Wade Smith, so often representing the purity of intention, mm. um, which we see, uh, in this card is, you know, as the application of principle to real life. But the sword in, in adjustment in the Thoth card is, it's, has its own story, doesn't it? Yeah, that's actually, if you, have your deck and you get out your ace of swords. Um, we could probably put a picture of it up to when mm-hmm. we get there on the mm-hmm. web, but, um, it's the same sword as in the ace of sword. And there's also, uh, a description of this sword. It's Crowley refers to it as the sword of the magician or the sword of the magus. And there's an interesting description in his magic book four, um, where he describes the magical weapons that if you read it, it kind of looks just like this. And you can tell that's <laughs> exactly what is uh, depicted here. So let me, I have the place marked. But the mind of man is normally so important to him that the sword is actually the largest of his weapons. Happy is he who can make the dagger suffice. The hilt of the sword should be made of copper. The guard is composed of the two crescents of the waxing and waning moon back to back. Spheres are placed between them, forming an equilateral triangle with the sphere of the pommel. 
The blade is straight, pointed, and sharp, right up to the guard. It is made of steel, to equilibrate with the hilt, for steel is the metal of Mars, as copper is of Venus. Those two planets are male and female, and thus reflect the wand and the cup, though in a much lower <laughs> sense. The hilt is of Venus, for love is the motive of this ruthless analysis. If this were not so, the sword would be a black magical weapon. The pommel of the sword is in Da'at. The guard extends to Hezed and Geborah. The point is in Malkuth. Some magi make the three spheres of lead, tin, and gold, respectively. The moons are silver, and the grip contains quicksilver, thus making the sword symbolic of the seven planets. But this is a fantasy in affectation. <laughs> so wait, the point is in Malkut. Is that, I believe you said, uh, right? Yes. So, so that's if, interesting. If it's you, almost... On this card. Oh, I see. I see, I see, I see, I see. Okay, on the adjustment card, the point is in Malkut. Got you. Right, and it is, but it is a very exact description. So there's a little tree of life mm -hmm. embodied in the sword itself. As so often is the case yes. in those Thoth images. And it's interesting because, you know, the hilt is of copper, you don't see it's not orange copper, it's oxidized copper, green copper, I guess, because uh, that's what copper we see. Copper of Venus. The yeah. copper of Venus. And oh, here's then, another, what he mm -hmm. says right after this, he says, who... Whoso takest the sword shall perish by the sword is not a mystical threat, but a mystical promise. It is our <laughs> own complexity that must be destroyed. Mm, interesting. Interesting. It's worth mentioning that on the Ace of Swords, um, we have inscribed the word Thelema, of course, which is uh, literally the thing wished for in Greek from the verb Thelo, which also translates will. as will, yes. you know, which is a fundamental will. principle. In. And it can be a verb or a noun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Will. So it's interesting to see that the, you know, the sword of will is front and center in the adjustment card. So that if we mm -hmm. think of the sword in terms of alchemy, then you have, again, the separation that we also saw kind of in the lover's card, where mm -hmm. the two figures are also associated with that. And interestingly enough, their card, their letter is... Zayin, which means sword. Mm -hmm. So you have the sword mm -hmm. imagery in these both of these air cards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You do, you do. And, you know, and the lovers is an interesting theme to think about because Libra, of course, is the, the, the sign of relationship. And there are relationships implied in this card throughout. Mm. There's a relationship right. between Venus and Saturn, and there's the relationship between the justice and the fool which we can also talk about. Um, but since we're talking about Venus and Saturn, let's, let's continue with that for the moment. Um, when I think of mm -hmm. Venus and Saturn, I also think of Babylon. Uh, you know, Ooh. we, we normally think of her as, um, the lust card, mm -hmm. but Venus Saturn is, is kind of perfect for the, the daughter becoming the mother, mm -hmm. you know, returning to Bina. And, right. And, Right. So that Babylon, the way so. that that the the daughter returning to the mother, we should probably talk about the way the court cards work in in Thoth a little bit. The way uh, the idea is that there's the king and the queen and the prince and the princess, the king in Chokma, the queen in Bina, the prince in Tiferet, and the princess in Malkut. And the idea is that the princess rises to meet the prince in in Tiferet. They in turn, become the queen and king, again, as, uh, you know, in this sort of recurring family dynamic. When the prince becomes the king, he falls asleep, <laughs> is, the, is the fairy tale. The princess 
is has the task of wakening the king. So once she's the once queen. she's the queen. So there's this, you know, identity between the princess and the queen and the idea that, you know, this Venus figure must awaken the old king in order for the cycle to uh, renew. She's not just obviously awakening him, he's impregnating her as well. So the, the cycle can right. begin again. And, and Crowley actually refers to this process because he, he says that this card is the final hay of the divine name, right. becoming the primal hay of the divine name, so the daughter, becoming the mother, and then cutting the attachments, you know, is part of the process wherein she awakens the eld of the all father, or mm -hmm. you can say the yod of the four letters. So you have the yod, hey, vow, hey, in order, the father, mm -hmm. mother, son, daughter. Mm -hmm. And in effect, when you think about yod, we've already talked about that um card in the hermit. So I kind of think it's a case where awakening the eld of the all father, she's waking up that Yod figure and turning the hermit back to a fool. Hmm. So we talked about the fool progressing to the hermit, hmm. you know, from the uh, initial point and then to the Yod. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a connection, a progression there. And I, I kind of wonder if there's also a connection here with that symbolism. And mm -hmm. so then you have the connection. If you, if you consider that, Awakening the All Father is is referring to the Yod of the divine name. That's also a connection to Keter, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of that symbolism in this card because a the the letter itself is the ox goad mm -hmm. that that the that fool's letter the is ox, ox so it goes the, the ox or as I like to say it gooses the yod, <laughs> gooses the yod, um, you know, because the fool is formless and lacks any direction whatsoever he needs that um prodding into mm -hmm. the the adjustment the constant adjustment kind of guides him on his way through his path of becoming you know mature as the hermit and then the cycle begins again so there's a lot yes, of that that dance that between here. the fool and justice and it's also interesting to think about when you consider that the fool is air and justice is libra an air sign which is like the music that shapes the sound waves of air yeah. into something yeah. that is beautiful and rational yep mm -hmm. and also when you think about it if you look at the tree right going back to venus and saturn if you consider that the sephira of venus is Netzach on the uh, pillar of uh, force down on the right, and Bina is associated with the number three up in the upper uh, upper left. How would you get from Netzach to Bina? Well, you could go through Tiferet, through Givora to Bina, which would take you straight through the path of justice or adjustment. Mm -hmm. One way. There's probably many other ways you could do it, but that's one of the most direct ways you could do it. Yep. When I think of Venus Saturn too, I also think of you know and the mother daughter symbolism. So Saturn being the universe card, which is the daughter, the maiden, and then Venus being the empress card, the the mm -hmm. mother, the fertile mm -hmm. mother. So again, you have more of that uh, daughter mother um, symbolism. That's true. And Crowley calls also calls the card the woman satisfied <laughs> of course he does of course um, he does <laughs> but that's also about that that process mm -hmm. of the daughter becoming the mother becoming the mother mm -hmm. there needs to be some um 
satisfaction first. There <laughs> has to be some satisfaction involved. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. I took Zoe to see uh, Wonder Woman this weekend and it was pretty great, by the way. And, and there's a line, there's a wonderful line that Wonder Woman says to her traveling companion, the, the captain, who is the first man she's ever met. They were, they're sleeping on a boat and she says, why can't you, you know, he makes his bunk over on the other side of the boat and she's like, why can't you sleep with me? And he's like, well, it's, it's not polite. It's, you know, it's not, it's considered rude. And, and they get into this discussion of whether she knows about sex and, and, and she says, oh, I, I know all about that. We've read about reproductive biology. But our conclusion was that the man is essential for procreation, but for pleasure, unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that might have something to do why uh, Crowley put this card back to card eight, because the woman satisfied comes before the hermit. <laughs> Oh man, this Sorry. is a family podcast. You can do that. I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving it in. So, um, so yeah, so we have the, the, we have in the card, we have this wonderful diamond pattern at the top, which is a Keter uh, re- reference. Yes, but also Harlequin, the dancing partner oh, yes. of the fool, yes, right? Exactly. Right. And, uh, yeah, the diamonds are, are Keter esque. Uh, and that idea that they are counterparts, the idea that she's taking the raw energy of the fool and shaping it into pattern. Somewhere, yeah, somewhere mm-hmm. I that kind of resonates with something I read about that diamond as being, you know, it's like a Vesca Pisces. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a portal, and it's the portal through which the adjusted experience passes on to the next manifestation. And it's mm-hmm. part of that never-stopping dance, you know. Mm-hmm. Experience happens, there's an adjustment, every action has a reaction, and then it becomes a new manifestation, which then has another effect. And Right. It, it right. It's also kind of brings in Saturn again, because all of these adjustments could only take place if there was the realm of time. The realm of time. Music right. occurs only in time. Yeah. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah. So all, you know, all actions and reactions take place in time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's something I love about your card, which I hope you'll put up on the site too, that adjustment is deeply tied to music, which ties into this idea of time and the dance and the shaping of the airwaves and all of these terrific motifs that are just, you know, just beneath the surface of the card. Uh, also, um, air, feather, we see oh, that in the fool and in yeah this. the mm-hmm. feather. She so she's got the two two feathers two on her feathers. headdress with that. Um, it looks like is it a Urias Urias Urias? Urias. Urias. How do you say that? Yep. Is, Urias it a, is it a Urias serpent? I believe it is. And then um, it there's is. the little round uh, ball in between the two feathers that makes it looks to me like a winged globe. Mm. Like a winged mm. disc, which is another right. uh, uh, Aleph reference, another fool reference. Right, right. And so, yeah, so we have the feather on the fool and that he wears on his hat or in that's in, in the, the, the weight. In the, in the, in the thought, right. it's also there. Oh, well, in the thoth, there's the wing of, uh, the wing of Maut, the, right. the vulture wing, and these could be considered, you know, the plumes of the vulture goddess as well. They could be as well as the feather headdress of Ma'at, mm-hmm. the goddess of there I think they're really, uh, those two goddesses mm-hmm. have some parallels, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I also think it's interesting that we have a, uh, 
a blindfold or a mask on this justice figure who is like both as her part of her Harlequin costume in the dance, but also because of blind justice, which Mm -hmm. is not something we see. I think I read it's supposed to be a mask, though, rather than a blindfold, but still it may be a a veil of sorts. Yeah, but it's interesting to think about because, you know, um, I mean, we often see the justice figure with a blindfold, though we don't in the Wade Smith. But if we did, imagine that if you've ever, you know, danced i spent a lot of years doing partner dancing ballroom dancing and you as the following partner you listen and you can you can close your eyes you listen and you feel and you just feel your way through the music and you know there's an intuitive quality to this version of adjustment where she's concentrating she's not using her eyes exactly she's concentrating Mm. the chains are connected to her thoughts the chains. Yeah, I think justice. Crowley calls them the chains of cause. The chains of cause. So on the slightest, you know, change of thought or, you know, the balance, the shifting of the weight within mm. the scales, it's connected um, through these chains to her to her mind in a way that's uh, right. very subtle right. and very finely calibrated. And the, the chains are balanced on those feathers. Mm. And when you mention the feather... It also made me think of, you know, we talked about in The Fool, the feather being a symbol of air. Well, it's interesting in Egyptian hieroglyphs, mm-hmm. the feather was used often as an ideogram in words that have to do with both air and with emptiness. And again, that makes me think of The Fool, and the, yes, the, the card of air the and of the zero, zero of yeah. nothingness of emptiness. So yeah. that's... Um, yeah. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. The the letter for this card, Lamed, um, meaning ox code, though... Mm-hmm. Um, the simple letter meaning is work. Mm-hmm. So all of this adjustment, mm-hmm. you know, it's not easy. It takes, it takes, I think it means it takes some effort, you know, to dis- some discernment. Right. I, and I love that parallel of the ox goat of Lamed and the ox of Aleph, again, reflecting that relationship right. of there's, justice telling the fool what to do. Right. <laughs> there's, there's such a deep truth there. If you, you know, really dig into Crowley's writings on the topic, there's, there's a real lot there. One of the things he says about this card is that it's beyond all planetary and zodiacal considerations. So what he's trying to say there, I think, when you think of what is beyond all planetary and zodiacal considerations, on the tree of life, that's only Keter. Mm. So it's Mm. back to the awakening of the all-father process kind of thing, back to the fool, back to Keter, Mm -hmm. you know, that connection there. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. on the tree of life, if you look every every of, of the Sephiroth, Mm-hmm. Is associated with a planet, except for uh, Hakma, which is the, z- the zodiac. So, mm-hmm. what's beyond all the planetary and zodiacal considerations? Right. Only, only Keter. Only Keter. Right. Only the so, crown. back to the fool. Back to the the mm-hmm. eld of the uh, all father, if which you will. Which makes sense since it's the final process, yeah. you know, of hay that. And even the, the Aleph Lamed being the name of the Book of the Law within mm-hmm. the, and mm-hmm. being the name of God. And it's also one of the God names of the, uh, of Hesed as well. 
Right, right. And there are Hesed uh, references throughout there because there are fours. fours There's a lot of fours here, yeah. The four spheres in the corner, Mm -hmm. the four on the top and bottom of her throne. Mm -hmm. And even in the Wade card, there's a square square, on the crown. And there's a square with a circle in it. um, Oh, yes. uh, The the pin of the cloak or whatever it is. Right. The pin of the cloak. Is that the circle squared, perhaps? A reference to the circle squared, maybe? Yeah. Now, there's another... um, there's a, a reference I was trying to get to the bottom of. I spent like two hours the other night trying to reading through. <laughs> Funny Golden, how that happens. <laughs> reading through Golden Dawn, uh, reading through Golden Dawn initiatory rituals. <sighs> two hours I will never get back. <laughs> and uh, because I saw a reference in the Secret Language of Tarot, a Wald Amberstone's book, to the idea that there is this rite that you do as an, a Golden Dawn initiate. Where you go into the the hall of two truth, tru- two, two truths, truths, two truths, and you two must feathers. go before the altar. You know they have these altar diagrams. They have you know they set each sort of little uh, initiation up as a piece of theater, and there's an altar, and above the altar is the scales of justice, um, and the pillars you stand before. You have the um, as part of your ordeal or your ritual, you have to name everything on the on the uh, pillars. Yeah, I've read that. Yeah, yeah. and yep. it's basically a reenactment of what the soul goes through at the time of death. I think. So is that a parallel to in the Hall of Truth or Two Truths? Mm-hmm. The process wherein the soul has to recite everything that it has or hasn't done wrong. I think so. You know, yeah. I have, and, I and have not. Weighed against the I have not cheated the grocer or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's the idea is that the, it, you know you're in this hall of two truths where you have to um, have an accounting. Mm. And the pillars are blank because they don't give you the answers. <laughs> is the idea as opposed to the the Boaz and Yaquin pillars of the high priestess, which are marked and black and white. These are a blank a blank slate. Mm. So more about the path. Mm-hmm. Um, Geborah and Tifereth, the whole severity and beauty thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important balance because you know when I think of Gavora, there's a phrase that I always think of that says, let justice be done, though the heavens may fall. Mm. And that's a bit harsh, right? <laughs> I mean, there are, so that you, you need that balance, you know, that beauty and harmony that, that kind of to influence that love has to be underlying these, these adjustments. And mm-hmm. it's, it can't all love just be, uh, th- severity. <laughs> yeah. Even though justice is cloaked in red in the Wade Smith card, the color of severity, the color of Givora. Mm. What would, you know, what's interesting to think about for a second is, um, something that you like to do, which is look at the symmetry on the tree where mm. the hermit Well, this is, is a reflected. tough one because which, where do you look at? Because do you look at the, you know, the ones that go like this or mm-hmm. the ones that go like this? Like, did I write down? Some so if you're reflecting no, across the middle pillar, then it would be, then it would be, um, the hermit. Right. And if you're ref- reflecting, uh, across Tiferet um, yep. across the horizontal. There's so axis. many paths coming out of Tiferet. It's yeah. like there's a lot you could you could do the one below it. You could do you the could. one diagonal from you it, could. or the one mirror image of it. There's, so you could make you know, an argument for justice paired with death. You could make an 
argument for justice paired with the devil. You could make an argument for justice paired, paired with, with the, the hermit. hermit. Well, I see a definite connection to the justice and hermit story mm-hmm. with the whole uh, the the yod back to the yod and keter and that yeah. whole story that we were talking yeah. about. So that's definitely there. And also the connection. Well, there's the Virgo Libra, um, you know, right next to each other. Perhaps there are two ways of approaching Tiferet, you know, from the pillar of force and the pillar of form, um, from the side of uh, shaping it and the side of releasing. I don't know. I'm trying to sort of make sense of that in my mind, the the fertility of the hermit versus Mm. the sort of... Well, there's a fertility in this card too, mm, if you yeah, consider is, the yeah. mother to daughter, the you know, right, uh, daughter to mother. I mean, the daughter to mother, woman satisfied aspect. Well, there's sort of like a you know what's interesting. One way to look at it is that there's a sort of a paternal uh, generation from the hermit in the sperm, right? You know, carrying right. from father to son, uh, from you know, chesed on the chesed side of the tree, whereas this is on the bina side of the tree, and mm. you have the mother to daughter. Uh, right passing on yeah passing up through the tree yeah that's really interesting Mm -hmm. so yeah i kind of see i guess if i had to pick one to be the uh, the opposite side it would be that mirror image Mm -hmm. uh, of the the hermit in this card to reflect on although i suppose if you thought long enough on the other ones you'd probably (laughs) come up (laughs) with a few connections connections. Uh, right right but you know uh listeners if you if you would like to submit your thoughts on the parallels between um justice adjustment and the hermit that would be interesting we'd love to hear them you ever read the book of dalton crowley's writing on this card he just does a lot of cool things to say um he says something like all things are beauty and all are truth because they cancel each other out hmm. so it's kind of speaking of that sort of separation you know dividing things into for everything in the world there's its contradiction and its opposite and that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's part of that could be part of that uh, diamond pattern at the top, the white and the black. Right. Mm-hmm. And he says something like her about her facial expression. He says her her secret satisfaction in her domination of <laughs> all the forces of disequilibrium in the universe, or something like that. Oh, Uncle Al. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would have loved to have a beer with him, <laughs> or three. <laughs> At least, or you know, some kind of mind-altering <laughs> substance. I think he probably would have been game for just about anything. The uh, let's not forget the alpha and omega in the scale. Right, the alpha and the omega. There's another uh, fool and universe reference. Right. So right. yeah, so there's the universe as the daughter and the fool as the uh, Keter and Aleph and the Aleph Lamed, all that whole mm-hmm. cycle of everything. Right, that's cool. Right, it is cool, and it's it's interesting because although we tend to focus on you know the path between the specific the Sephirot. Uh, when we look at these cards, this one really encompasses the whole tree. Yeah. It really goes from top to bottom. Yep. And, you know, I, it, I'm sure it sounds like we every time we talk about a card, this is the special one. <laughs> but, yeah, well, there's ro- repeating motifs for sure. I mean, a, mm-hmm. a lot of them are about this process of, uh, I guess you'd call it enlightenment, the, the mm-hmm. whole climbing of the tree or descending or you know, that whole mm-hmm. cycle of becoming and absorbing different parts of the tree it's expressed over and over again in different ways on each card so there's definitely some repeating symbolism and some repeating stories they just shows different ways of saying kind of the same thing right 
different facets of the same gem, if you will. (laughs) It is. I mean, every, I, I think, I think it's important to remember that every card encompasses the whole, you know, you can get to the entire journey through any one card. Right. At any given moment. That's kind of the meaning of the fool. You, right. The fool is, has everything, all potential, and can is thus connected to every card. And there's a, you know, that's in my deck, I kind of referred to that as wormholes, you know, they're, every, <laughs> they're everywhere throughout mm-hmm. the world and throughout the the tarot itself and cause, because everything is connected in some way to mm-hmm. everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you want more uh, phallic references, there's a <laughs> Crowley. you can never have enough. You can never have too much. Uh... <laughs> I also want to just say something about Venus and Mars real quick. Yes. Just because, it... you know, right, because we, we, even though Mars is in detriment in Libra, you know, even though Venus is the ruler of Libra, they are united in this card, you know, yeah. as we see in the sword. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, definitely. There's definitely the woman satisfied Venus and Mars. Right, right. So um, if you need more phallic symbolism <laughs> in uh in, in Crowley's description in the Book of Thoth, he talks about the Judex and Testes. Oh, yes, the, the Judex the, and the, Testes. The I witnesses and the judge. Well, someone had to say <laughs> it. someone had to say it. <laughs> so yeah. uh, more the- obvious, um, I guess, you know, which is also visibly mm-hmm. depicted in the, the card if you look at it in a certain oh, way yeah. with the, the two spheres and the sword. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the idea that um, the Testes are you know, carry on the information from one generation to the next is encoded in there too, I think. There's not in the Book of Thoth, but um, in his writings, the vision and the voice on the Aethers, Mm -hmm. the seventh Aether, which the seventh sign is Libra. Mm -hmm. So there's a description that actually talks about Venus in Libra and Saturn in Libra. And it says... uh, Yet remember that in every one there goeth forth a witness and justice of the Most High. Hmm. Is not Libra the house of Venus? And there goeth forth a sickle that shall reap every flower. Is not Saturn exalted in Libra? Hmm. Daleth Lamed Tau. So there's a lot to to look at there. So he's saying... Oh, yeah. Daleth, Venus, Lamed, Justice, Tau, World. So, so yeah, and it's, that's more, uh, daughter and mother with Mm -hmm. the, so the daughter is the universe, on the universe card, the Tau, the Daleth is the Empress card, the mother, Mm -hmm. and in between them is Lamed, adjustment. Mm -hmm. So you've just spelled Daleth. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. yes, exactly, the mother. Mm -hmm. So, and he also mentions here, there goeth forth a witness and justice of the Most High, Most High being a Keter reference. Mm-hmm. And then he, he specifically mentions the house of, you know, Venus and Libra. And then he mentions Saturn exalted in Libra and the sickle that mm-hmm. reapeth every flower. So that's the sickle being a, a traditional... Of Saturn. Yeah, the symbol of, of Saturn. Saturn. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I thought all that was really cool, seeing as... um. Yeah. That's the seventh aether and Libra is the seventh sign and it specifically seems to be referring to this card. It mm-hmm. also in that same, you know, later on or earlier on in that, in that verse, 
It mentions uh, her being on the throne of turquoise and lapis and is like a flawless emerald. Oh, so, so that brings on us the to- throne of Hesed or Jupiter right. and is like Venus. Right. And those right. are all the colors of this card, yes. too. You notice that yes, it's all it blue. Is. It's all blues and greens. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool, too. Oh, um, yeah. And just sort of going back through some of the goddess figures that, that, are associated with it. One thing I, I noticed was that the goddess Themis, the Titaness, um, was associated with justice as well. And mm-hmm. she's the personification of order. Her children are the Hore, the hours. Again, that, that time idea of time. Again. Yeah. Broken Saturn, up right. And, uh, ruling, ruling and regulating and giving structure to the universe. Uh, Athena as well. Um, we talked about, uh, DK, which is, um, She's another justice figure in the Greek mythology and nemesis. Hmm. So, you know, we have the severity of right. nemesis and the fairness and balance of, uh, of Themis. Themis. Right. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, as far as color goes, we talked about emerald, green, blue. Um, yeah. So emerald, the king scale, and then you have a blue and a blue green in the, in the middle there. And then the, the princess scale is that more pale, uh, pale version of emerald, the pale green or light green. And plum too, don't we have? Um, or maybe not. I don't think plum okay. is. I in may here. have no, read that no, no, somewhere no. wrong. Well, there's, there's, is a plum in the, um, card for the rider weight card, that veil. Yeah. We didn't talk yeah. about the veil. And, um, oh, yeah, the veil. There's the veil between the pillars and it's that violet card. And I wasn't sure. I was trying to figure out, well, why a violet veil is, is the violet Jupiter, you know, a Hesed mm-hmm. reference or is it Mercury? It could be mm-hmm. Isod, um, mm-hmm. you know, all the things that are violet. Right, right. And and the veil, is it like the priestess's veil? Yeah, yeah. That's a good question, too. Right. I mean, the idea that... It's a veil between the pillars. Well, it's a veil between similar. the pillars. It's certainly uh, suggestive of that. But, you know, I think of justice as being... I, I always interpreted that veil as being um, part of the very cerebral kind of nature of the Wade Smith card, the idea that you set it, set apart this matter on a stage so that you're not influenced by, um, by outside matters. Um, you know, you, you create this artificial environment where you can be objective and not be influenced by the, mm, the outside blind world. justice, even yeah. though she has her eyes open. <laughs> right. It's not an esoteric reference, but that's, mm. you know, one of the ways I've seen it. Whereas I think of the veil of the priestess as something that separates worlds, you know, but also is a doorway between them. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I do know what you mean. And whereas this is, you know, her, her veil is covered with the tree of life and you know it's it's a portal this mm. is kind of a separation right it's a another por- it's a another barrier. portal yeah, yeah. they yeah. both cards have a portal of sorts anyway so we were talking about color um green as you were saying uh well, one thing about the scales if mm-hmm. you notice on well both cards have the scales so the, uh, that's obvious libra symbolism mm-hmm. balance and um you know, balancing each thought with its exact opposite. But it's also, look how they're bubbles. They're bubbles of oh, air. Yeah, bubbles. You know, it looks like right. all, there's tons of these bubbles of air in that, that card. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Air. Air could be another fool reference or mm-hmm. just or the, the fact that Libra, Libra is an air sign mm-hmm. as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And those scales actually with the, um, alpha and omega and within that, um, diamond shape, mm-hmm. there's a OTO Lamin. 
that's a Vesica Pisces shape. Of it's not course quite it a diamond. Mm-hmm. And in within it are those two scales with the alpha and the omega, and they're balanced on the tip of a sword, and above it is a crown. Mm. So I'm um, mm. thinking... Yeah. Right there, Alpha Omega, Scales, Sword, Crown of Keter. Right. Within the Vesica Pisces, which is it's all there. Just a rounded diamond. Yeah. So yeah. interesting. Yeah. And a Yoni reference. Of course <laughs> well, it is. We're at it. Of course it is. Uh so uh the green of Venus is we can find throughout yes. the at least throughout the Thoth card there's uh there's some greenishness. Oh yes, there's green in the um in the in the vestments of justice on the Wade Smith card as well. Yeah, there's sort of oh, sort of greenish, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of greenish. And green we associate with Venus and um and blue, both, yeah. both, uh, both in the absolutic path, uh, and in the Sephira of Venus, we see green, which is the note F sharp, cause consistent across the board. So the, um, we have for this a smell that I have mentioned before, um, but you have to take it out every time you deal with air, basically, which is galbanum. The, the grassy one? Uh, the grassy one. Grassy, grassy oily, for green. Oh. Yep, whichever one. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah, with that sort of faint bitterness, the severity mm. of Givora at the end. <laughs> or the bitter sea. Bina. The bitter sea of Bina, yeah. And when I was designing my um, Libra perfume, which is called Breath of Venus, actually, because of breath, air, it it was, it's a and very... And you know the breath of Aphrodite is delightful. <laughs> So they say it was, uh, it's a sheep perfume, which is the Cyprus is the island of Venus, as you know, and there's a lot of, you know, very fragrant, resinous, uh, pervading scent about it. Um, bergamot and patchouli and oak moss. It's, Mm. you know, these are sounds good, very bassy, but, but I did have to put in that little note of galbanum for Libra, which helped sort of cut through it just a little bit. The sword of justice, you know, cutting through it. Just enough to give it some space and give it some air, which is, I guess, what its purpose is. It's a very sharp kind of smell and it's, it's function because you don't really want to smell galbanum alone, but its function seems to be to be like a spacer, you know, to just introduce air, to which separate, I think is nice. Like for, the sword. Yes, to separate like the sword and to, and to produce uh, breathing room. So there you have it. Okay. So I believe that is it for justice and adjustment. And uh, we are more than halfway through now, if you can believe that. We will be back next time with The Hanged Man. See you then.